Timmy. You all dried off, boy? Yeah, thanks. Gosh, that was a close call. I want to thank you for saving my life. Glad to be of help, Sonny. H.R. Puffin stuff. Mayor of Living Island. Terrific. I never met a mayor before. Pleased to meet you, sir. Well, howdy. Howdy, your mayorship. Puffin stuff will do. Mr. Puffin stuff? Why did that witch try to capture me? I don't even know her. You must have something she wants, and she can be pretty grabby. But I don't have anything she could possibly want. Oh. Kimberly, get me out of here. What was that? Well, in all the excitement, I forgot Freddy. This is my pal, Freddy. He's the only talking fruit in the world. Please, Jimmy, squeeze the water out of me. I'll get rusty. <laughs> You all right, Freddy? Oh, thanks, Jimmy. Boy, that mean old witch almost drowned us. Well, I'll be hornswoggled. A solid gold talking flute with a diamond skin condition. <laughs> yeah. You're not the type, type of girl to remain with the guy, with the guy too shy, too afraid to say he'll give his heart to you forever. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Nightfly Podcast. My name is Dave Jessica. Oh, it is for me, uh, taping on Saturday morning. They went out last night, and I figured, well... Let's wait till tomorrow. And uh, Saturday morning, October 9th, coming out on October 12th, I believe. I should know these dates because, you know, I do a Tuesday show now and I have to keep telling people, I'm like, hey, can you do October 5th? Can you do October 12th? I don't know why I don't know every Tuesday. I'm pretty sure the last one is the 26th. I think the one before is the 19th. I mean, I should know all these dates. So let's just say... This is coming out on October 12th. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. All right, let's get down to business. We don't have time for nonsense. We actually, we have nothing but time for nonsense. Where to begin today? Well, I will tell you that I did go out last night. Guess who I went out with? I went out with Artie Lang's sister, Stacy Lang. And we had a very enjoyable evening, and it's just weird. Like, we were just talking on the phone, and I said, I don't really leave the house very much. And it's funny because everybody's fooled. It's not just you guys where you're like, no, he does go out a lot. It seems like he goes out a lot. But, of course, it's all smoke and mirrors because my friend John Vitti from the Boston Globe called the other day. goes, but it sounds like everything's going great. And I'm like, see, this is what social media does. It certainly looks like everything is going great, but it ain't going, well, it's not going great at all. I mean, nothing's bad you know i just don't make any money at the stuff i do and i really don't leave the house very much so even though yes i went out wednesday thursday and friday this week i may not leave the house again until well thursday 
I don't know. I mean, that's that's the problem. I might go out three days in a row, but then I stay home for five days in a row. I I want to say other people do that, but I don't think that's the case. I think people pretty much go out every day, especially if you're going to work. But as you know, I don't work anymore. It certainly never used to be like that. I mean, maybe I'd go just to work and come home, but whatever the case may be, it's all right. And I went out last night because I was talking to Stacy, and we talk every once in a while, and we talk about Artie, Artie Lang, see how he's doing and stuff, and... You know, now that I'm I'm always in Hoboken because, you know, that's where I make my football bets, which I love doing. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? I mean, it's ridiculous. Who takes a city bike and a ferry to go gamble? But, well, I guess people my age, technically, but they go to Atlantic City. But at least I'm getting exercise. But I'm telling you, last Sunday, I do exactly that. It's beautiful out. I wake up early. I take the bike, like a leisurely bike ride down to the uh, Hudson River. It's lovely out. I take a beautiful ferry ride with probably the greatest skyline in the history of skylines. But, you know, I am uh, fully concentrated on what am I going to do when I get to Hoboken, when I land. And then what I do is I land, I land, and I always say, land ho! <laughs> And, and then I point out Stacy Lang's house because she's a hoe. I'm kidding. I'm completely kidding. I, I, I was when I said land hoe. I, anywho. And then I go to the Starbucks, right? And this time I said because I've been trying to plan giving a Starbucks name for quite a while. Like I've I've used to use the name Brad, but I'm like, why should I use Brad? Brad's Brad, right? But there were a lot of people in the Starbucks, and I'm like, see. They're, I know they're going to call out my name. It's crowded. If it's not crowded, it's really not that big a deal. But when it's crowded, I don't want to say David. There's too many Davids. There's too many Daves or Davids. So I need a coffee name. And I guess, I guess I was thinking of, I guess I was thinking of Julian Edelman. I can't get him out of my mind. And then I was thinking that maybe I would name my kid Julian if I ever had a kid. Because for, then I was thinking I had an Uncle Jules. When I was growing up, even though I don't remember him, I think he, you know, maybe he was alive for my first five years or something. I remember my dad always talking about Uncle Jules. I don't know where he was. I don't know where he came from. I don't know who he was. I don't even know what his regular name was. And then I was thinking, boy, I could name a kid Julian and then refer to him as Jules. That would be okay. So then I said, you know what I'll do? I'll make my coffee name Julian today because that is something for sure that, I mean, yeah, is there a possibility there's going to be another Julian there? Sure. But it's a very slim possibility. Obviously, it's all white people. There's not one black person. So then I was thinking, you know, being racist and just being like, what if I use, uh, you know, Lira? Whatever. I mean, it's horrible, right? I was just thinking of, all right, what are the names I'm going to recognize? I know that sounds awful. But what are the names? It's Hoboken. There's no black people there. So what are the names? That's good. So he said, so he said Julian. So I go, and he goes, what's your name? I go, Julian. He goes, is that with an E? And I'm like, huh? What? I'm like, uh, and then I just said, well, it's actually my coffee name. My real name is Dave, but there's so many Daves. He goes, oh, no, no, I totally get it. Um, I'll just put it with an A then. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, the guy was really nice. I just <laughs> I just explained that's my coffee name. He goes, that's smart. And I'm like, thank you. I've been working on a name all while I was on this line. And that's the one I came up with. Yeah, good. I haven't done any Julians today. And I'm like, excellent. But it's hilarious when they're like, and is that with an E? And I'm like, huh? And then I was just thinking that I was just still, when I'm waiting for the coffee, I'm just going to be sitting there going like, and they're like, Julian, coffee for Julian? 
And they're like, sir, sir, yes. Did you have a coffee? Yeah, I'm waiting for it. Well, there's a coffee for Julian. Is that you? No. <laughs> what am I? Oh, right. Yeah, I can see totally just forgetting that I ordered my coffee that way too. So lots of laughs at the Starbucks, but it, it you know, and it kept making me giggle when I kept looking at the cup and the name Julian's on there. It's really funny. So if I met anybody, like, did you steal somebody's cup of coffee? I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of a bad boy that way. I like to steal people's Starbucks coffee when I'm there. You know, if they don't show up, I just take it. You know, right, man? So. So, uh, and then I walk around, I sit there, and I, uh, you know, make my picks, and it's it really is delightful, and then I walk home. It's like a very exercise-filled day and a lovely day, and, you know, then I can barely turn on the TV because there's just too much panic about all that stuff. I didn't really want to explain that to you guys because it's just stupid, but the Julian story was worth it. But the point is, every time I go to Hoboken, I ask Stacy if she would like to hang out, and then sometimes I think about calling Artie because I'm right by his house. Yeah, but I panic because I don't want to tell him what I'm doing, you know, because it's a gambling issue too, right? Because it goes with other addictions. So anyway, we started talking and she goes, well, you should come out with me and my friends on Friday. It's my, friend, it's my girlfriend's birthday. I'm like, you're gay. <laughs> I got that line from uh, Juno. Anyway, uh, no, she goes, it's my girlfriend's birthday. Why don't you come? And I'm like, you really? I mean, really? You just, they, they don't mind a random. No, they're totally cool. And I'm like, so, you know, because... Dave Juskow cannot understand something like that. And I was like, I don't know, you know, whatever. And then the next day I was like, you know what? I should go because I'm not doing anything else. It was like the next day I'm like, hey, can I really come out with you and your friends? And she's like, absolutely. And then I found out whose birthday it was. And it's this girl who, I mean, think about this. It's a girl who I know her sister, which turned out to be her sister-in-law, who runs this place, City Bistro, in Hoboken, where we had Trish's, you know, my girlfriend that died. It's just easier to put down. You know, after I asked to marry her, I mean, I know you know if you listen to the show, but if you're just listening for the first time. Anywho, and we had her memorial service there, and this is the girl's sister who owns the place. And I was like, wait, what? And then I called that girl. I'm like, yeah, I'm going out for your sister's birthday. And she's like, wait, you're going to Gina's birthday? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know how it is, baby. Uh, so it was really funny. And it's just so funny that they really didn't care. There were like five girls and me. Who's not going to like that? Am I right? And she's like, yeah, it's in Jersey. And she's like, yeah, just meet here in Hoboken at like 640. And uh, then I'll drive you. And I'm like, drive? Wait, what are we talking about? And then she goes, yeah, it's about 30 minutes away. And I'm like, what? You know, all of a sudden I'm, like, I'm starting to panic. I'm like, no, no. Let's go out. Let's do something. We've got to get out of the house. So she's not telling me what restaurant it is because I guess she didn't even know. And you know me, I'm like, I need to look up the restaurant. I need to know what it looks like. I need to look at the menu in advance. And I'm just trying to find these places. And I thought what I knew what it was because I thought it was like a nice sit-down Italian restaurant because, you know, everybody's older. Turns out, And I'm like, it's not Chuck E. Cheese, is it? And we get there, it's kind of like a Chuck E. Cheese. It's like a total family place. It's called like the, what was it called? Like the Wood Pizza Kitchen or Stan Br- I can't remember what it was called, but it was stupid. And I'm like, this is where this, you know, 55-year-old wants to come. <laughs> but the food was delicious. The service was awful, even though the guys was nothing but nice, but everybody's short staff. But the food was amazing. But still, I don't know whether I'd want to have my birthday party there. And when you say birthday party, that is where you would want to have your birthday party if you were 12. Because uh, they have pizzas and stuff. And I hate pizza kitchens and shit like that. So I was like, there's no way I'm having pizza. 
But the menu was pretty good, and I had this thing called Popper Deli. Popper Deli. Now you see, cousin Frankie and Joe are going to get angry that I don't know how to pronounce it. Pop Popper Deli. I don't know Popper Deli Bolognese. As soon as I saw it, I'm like, that looks delicious. You know why? Because it's got the beef, veal, and the pork. It's got three different kinds of meat, and three three small onions. Hey, don't use too many onions. Last time you put too many onions. I put three small onions in. Three small onions. No, you too many onions. Oh, Yo, you got to have the pork and the beef, and you got to have. So that's all I was thinking was the Goodfellas scene. In prison, dinner was always a big thing. We had a pasta course, and then we had a meat or a fish. Paulie did the prep work. He was doing a year for contempt, and he had this wonderful system for doing the garlic. He used a razor. And he used to slice it so thin that it used to liquefy in the pan with just a little oil. It's a very good system. Vinny was in charge of the tomato sauce. Ah, got the smell. But treat the kinds of meat in the meat. Well, you got the veal, beef, and pork. Ah, good, but you got to have the pork. Oh, that's, that's the flavor. I felt he used too many onions, but it was still a very good sauce. Vinny, don't put too many onions in the sauce. I didn't put too much onions in Oh. Three small onions, that's all I did. Three onions. How many cans of tomatoes you put in there? I put two cans, two, two big cans. cans. You don't need three onions. Johnny Dio did the meat. We didn't have a broiler, so Johnny did everything in pans. I used to smell up the joint something awful, and the hacks used to die, but he still cooked a great steak. Hey, how do you like yours? Red. Medium red. Medium red. Hmm, aristocracy. You know, when you think of prison, you get pictures in your mind of all those old movies with rows and rows of guys behind bars. But it wasn't like that for wise guys. It really wasn't that bad. Except that I missed Jimmy. He was doing his time in Atlanta. I mean, everybody else in the joint was doing real time, all mixed together, living like pigs. But we lived alone. I mean, we own the joint. Even the hacks we couldn't bribe would never rat on the guys that we did. Vinny, I got your peppers and onions. Salami, prosciutto, a lot of cheese. Come on, come on, what else? Scotch. Nice. Some red wine. Okay. Now we can eat. Right. And there it is. Three, three, three small onions. What? What? All right, now we can eat. So I'm like, I got to have that because it's just, you know, because remember in that scene, everything looks delicious. I mean, unbelievably delicious. You're like thinking like, God, I want to go to jail too. But it was really good. It was a broad noodle. Pepper dollar, pepper deli. God, I wrote it down. I can't even read my hammer. Like, pepper deli, pepper. I couldn't pronounce it. I just pointed to it on the menu, but I don't think the guy was an Italian anyway, so it didn't really matter. I think he was Mexican or something. Whatever the case may be, it was quite delicious. I also had an appetizer of uh, meatballs. Oh, and what do we have? Uh, what do we have? Uh, not broccoli sprouts, uh, Brussels sprouts. Oh my God, they were delicious. I didn't think I would want Brussels sprouts, but whatever whatever the way they made them, boy, were they good. Had a couple of scotches, a bottle of wine, had some dessert, and then a, a cappuccino, which was probably a mistake because I've been up all night. Like, I haven't slept at all. Like, I slept two hours, and I wanted to get an early start today. And I'm like, 
you know, what am I going to do? But what am I going to do? You know, hey, I was excited. It's Saturday. Yahoo! You know, I love my Saturdays when I'm doing nothing. Do like four podcasts. I'm doing this one today. Like four podcasts. We're doing two Billy Joels. We're interviewing uh, Kyle Dunnigan today. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's huge on the Howard Stern Show. And apparently... Not just a huge Billy Joel fan. I mean, like, maybe the quintessential Billy Joel fan because, yeah, I'll just tell you because it doesn't come out for a while. He uh, apparently, when he was in 1990, just went up on stage and touched Billy Joel and then, you know, got taken off by security. 20 years later, he was dancing on stage with him, Amy Schumer, and Jennifer Lawrence, and he showed Billy Joel the video of him going on stage. That's a great story. That's a guest you want on a ridiculous Billy Joel podcast. Am I right or am I right? I'm completely right. So I gave a little of it away. But what are you going to do? Kyle Dunnigan, he's a really terrific impressionist and uh, comedian. He's an amazing, he does a really good Joe Biden. He does an unbelievable Caitlyn Jenner. That's what he does for Howard all the time. He does Perez Hilton. If you've ever listened to Howard Stern, you hear him on it. So he should be a very interesting guest. But today uh, we have, uh, oh, it's horrible, uh, we're not doing anything good on Billy Joel this week. It's the 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 H, uh, the uh, no. It's a uh, Avery and Stacy Lender interview. Now, who are they? Well, I just hung out with them on Wednesday. Avery is my nineteen year old friend. <laughs> I was just kidding. I met her doing comedy. She's nineteen. She's back in college now. It's so funny. And then, um, you know, I met her mother. She said my mother used to be a Billy Joel roadie, and I'm like, oh well, we got to have her on the show. So we had her and her mom. I said, well, why don't you come on too? Because, you know, you're it's interesting, I guess. And um, they were nothing but nice. I don't think there's anything groundbreaking on this interview, but they're two polite people, and we had a good time. And uh, so the mom came to my show on Wednesday. More about that later. And that's who we're interviewing on Billy Joel. And then, of course, the H's wrap up everybody's favorite stuff. So I, I haven't even promoted the show in like a month, and then I'm promoting the worst two. There's not even a song we're doing. Um, and then after that, actually do I Don't Want to Be Alone, which is actually a great Billy Joel song, but with an unfortunate, horrible opening. And I've been singing it all week, and that's why I bring it up. Anyway, so uh, what was I saying? So right, so I ate the stuff, and then I came home, right, I couldn't sleep. And then, uh, but the thing is, this girl who we were with, killing myself too, because I was like, like I really tried hard. I really was trying hard not to be the way I am. You know, I'm like, these girls are inviting an outsider, which again is a miracle. The girl, the girl's birthday was this girl, Jean, so nice, really pretty. And she's like, hey, great, more than merrier. And I'm like, really? I'm sorry, I cannot understand that concept because you know me, they're like, like Stacy's like, yeah, I called Gina. She's like, hey, don't, I invited my friend Dave. She's like, great. She's like, I know... Gina, she's not going to care. It's like the exact opposite story Rachel would tell. Well, I know Juskow, and unless we set this up ahead of time, he's going to be really pissed that I bought somebody. I mean, it's just so the opposite, so I couldn't understand. But I try to just control myself and be polite and try not to say anything, but it was really difficult when she was driving me. She's driving, you know, these women. I know, I know it's sexist. But some of these women drivers, Sarah's the same way. When I'm in the car with them, they are fidgeting with everything. But I'm a pretty good front seat, side passenger driver. I don't 
make any comments, but but I'm I'm not even nervous that we're going to crash because I'm like, look, they they don't seem to ever get in any accidents. But watching them fiddle with the radio, the phone, the directions, try, talking at the same time, I'm like, oh my god, because I guess. The way I, I am no fun to drive with. I am not fun to drive with. I am very concentrated on the road. I guess that's what makes me a pretty good driver. I'm extremely concentrated on the road. I don't really like to talk to people while I'm driving. I have to concentrate. I guess I should be. I guess those people are smarter than me. I don't know. But she was just talking. Like she's talking. She's like, I don't know where to go. Her friend from the back seat is like saying directions while she's talking on the phone. Like so this girl calls and she says. Hey, are you alone? I got to talk. She goes, uh, yeah. And I'm like, why is she saying yeah? And then she's like, well, no, I mean, I'm with friends, but you could say anything in front of them. It was obvious if somebody says, are you alone? They want to talk about it. like my vagina has been hurting me. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying uh, she took the call and then she's just talking business. There's two of us in the car and she's just talking about business for like 15 minutes. And that girl's screaming at directions to her while she's talking on the phone. I'm like, why would somebody do this? It's like, um, I know she doesn't have to entertain us, but why would you take a, a, a random business call on a Friday night at 7.30 while you have passengers in the car that don't know each other? You know what I mean? I don't know. It was very str- I would have just said, hey, can I call you back? Um, we're on our way to this thing. But I think it's rude, but she didn't think anything of it, and I tried not to say anything about it. I mean, I really tried. You know me. It was not easy to do i was getting really all right whatever george is getting upset but it was uh it was fine and then we went there and everything was cool and i met this girl and i was talking to her and she told me what she did and she said oh you know we have this comedian come to our job and he tells us how to do stand-up it's a i think it's at ernst and young and you know he he teaches about stand-up because it helps us in our life like it does and he goes, yeah, but everybody hates him. And I'm like, what's his name? And they told me his name. And I'm like, oh, that guy sucks. Are you kidding? And uh, and Stacy's like, you should use Dave. And I'm like, yeah, actually, uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Because they're like, yeah, well, everybody wants to get rid of him except my boss. They all, everybody hates him. He's horrible. But my boss seems to like him. And listen, that's how I kept my job for 20 years. You know, everybody wanted me fired except for the managing partner who's just like, I think he's hilarious, <laughs> which is the exact same thing. But um, I do want that job. And I think I might have a chance of getting it or something like that. I mean, that does seem like a perfect job for me. And apparently it pays quite handsomely. So then when we got back to Hoboken, I was taking an Uber home. I was on the street with Stacy and I said, you know, thank you so much for letting me tag along on your party this evening because, boy, I talk about this all the time on my podcast. Look what happens when you leave the house. I know we talk about it all the time, but look at this. Maybe I have a job, or at least I'm in the running for a job. Look what happened. If I didn't go, if I didn't kind of push myself to go, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe it won't happen. Maybe it will happen, but at least, you know, I'm trying to look for a job. Uh, you know, because you never know when those things can happen. And I know this, and I go through it all the time. So then the question is, why don't I leave the house? But it's just I don't have any plans. It's not like I'm turning people down and I'm saying no. But isn't it fascinating? And we talk about this all the time. You leave the house. You meet people. Good things happen. It's a fact. And that was in Jersey. It wasn't even, what's the point of even living in New York? I didn't even need to be here. 
And I was totally thinking, like, how am I going to get home? Because I can't take the ferry. I'm not taking the PATH train. So I was like, oh, I want to take an Uber. It's expensive. But then I realized the Uber would be the exact same price it would have cost me to take my car through the Lincoln Tunnel and park it in a garage there for five hours or six hours. So totally worked out. And plus, if you use American Express, you get $15 off a month. So I usually only take one Uber a month, you know, unless it rains and then I have to do some whatever. But that I got to say that was super fun, and uh, you know I feel pretty good that maybe there maybe there's an opportunity to to you know to get a job. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And then on the flip side, I'm like, ugh, I got to work. No, but I think it just I mean it's here. I thought it was even in Jersey. She goes, no, it's in the city. I'm like, oh, this just gets better and better. She's like, you know, we also have to do this thing with improv, and I'm like, yeah, oh, that sucks. And she goes, oh, wrong answer. And I'm like, no, that was part of my improv skills. Is what you would say. Ah, eh, I don't know about that. I'm sure I can handle whatever. It sounds okay. And I said, well, they should, you know, I'm actually the perfect guy because not only do I have a much better resume than the guy you're talking about, I mean, they could look me up online and they're like, oh, he's actually done stuff. But I've also worked in a corporate environment. It all makes sense. Now, as long as they don't look up the stuff where I get me too'd, everything should go swimmingly. <laughs> How are you? Let's talk about Tuesday. And how wonderful. I don't know whether you guys watched it, but you must. You have to. I understand if you don't want to watch the Comedy Cellar football show on Tuesdays. Totally get it. It's sports related and all that stuff. But, oh, my God. Remember how I was saying, uh, if Molly Heckerling, the spawn of Howard Ramis and Amy Heckerling, is bad, I am not using a guest at 6 o'clock anymore. But boy, did she blow the lid off everything I ever thought of anybody who I've never met before. She was terrific. Terrific. I never, we'd never met before. She was fantastic. Not only was she like pleasant and delightful. And I think Marcy, it's so funny, Marcy, our uh, you know, newfound uh, Nightfly listener and Billy Joel. Uh, even wrote like she's delightful, you know, in the chat room, and I'm like, yes, just like last week where the other where the other girl was like, she's horrible. <laughs> so I like that, and she really was, and boy was she fun. She was answering all the questions. She didn't care. Talk about Harold Ramis. Talk about her act. Her, her well, that's her actual dad. But then talking about her stepfather, who she thought was her actual dad, and he thought it was her actual dad, and that's a great story. Who you know created Police Academy. It was like this girl didn't have a chance. Like she was going to win either way. I mean, yes, is Police Academy as prestigious as Caddyshack and Groundhog Day? No, and Ghostbusters. But uh, you know, still, and the guy directed Dog with a Blog. That's Molly Heckerling's dad, and you know how many podcasts we've done on Dog with a Blog. So for me, there was no way to lose. And her mom is Amy Heckerling, and she was great. She was great. I was like really happy when I got off. Let alone. Alex Sulkin and how great he was and that I was able to tell him, look, I didn't care for this week's episode of Family Guy because I don't like when you do the storytelling, the three stories, you know, where they do either, you know, whatever it is, the Bible or music or, you know, movies, whatever. I don't like I don't like when they stray from an actual regular plot. He goes, well, that's good to know. You know. I wasn't being rude or anything. But meanwhile, I'm sitting there and we're talking about it. And then I start laughing uncontrollably at something that happened in that episode. Because there's always going to be laughs. So Stewie is playing Billy, uh, not Billy Joel, Elton John. And they're doing an Elton John thing. And Stewie's playing Elton John. 
They're doing his like biography, the way Family Guy do it, kind of like a fractured fairy tales, you might say. And they have him at Dodgers Stadium, and he's in that big Dodgers outfit, you know, that big sparkly Dodgers baseball outfit. And uh, then they just have this line like, but unfortunately, due to a scheduling error, Elton was asked to bat fourth in the lineup that day, and it did not end well, you know. <laughs> I was like, that's the funniest line. There's nothing funny when somebody just says, but unfortunately, because of a scheduling error, <laughs> Elton was asked to bat fourth in the lineup, and I was... I mean, I'm crying uncontrollably on Tuesday, just laughing so hard after I told him, I don't care for those episodes. So that made me look like a dick, but he's so sweet. And oh my God, I am absolutely in love with Molly Heckerling. She is really terrific. So I don't know. Oh, first of all, oh, where do we? Okay, I'll tell you this first. So the girl I had in two weeks ago, which is Michelle Fox, who's very cute, but... I don't know if I'd use her again on this particular show. I would use her in stand-up, maybe. Oh, she was so nice. She got me a, a poster and sent it to my house, and it is the Clueless poster, but it's a picture of Alicia Stoverstone and myself, and I could put it in the back closet. I mean, that was so thoughtful. So this week, I will be premiering that poster in the background. It's so thoughtful. Um, I just really like that, but I, I wish I had used it last week and she put it there, but my doorman is they're They're fucking idiots down there. They're not the regular guys. They're idiots. I must've passed that poster it was there for two days. Nobody told me. I didn't know it was coming from her. She was trying to surprise me. <clears throat> and then yesterday, you know, I got the paper delivered Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's not, I opened my door. It's not there on Friday. And I called downstairs. I'm like, do you know if my paper's here? And I don't know who the hell was down there. It was not a guy I recognize. And he goes, no, it's not down here. I only have, uh, you know, the 11th floor paper. And when I go down to go to Hoboken about 5 o'clock, I talk to the regular guy. And he goes, yeah, your paper's here. And I'm like, what? Yeah, it was right here. The guy just didn't look. And I'm like, oh, my God, I hate that guy. And then I just yelled at the regular doorman today. And I'm like, where the hell were you yesterday? I was really letting him have it. It was awesome. And then I bought him a jelly donut. So everything's okay. Well, it wasn't the guy, you know, it wasn't his fault. Well, it's his fault because he wasn't there. He called in sick. I don't like that. I got to have my paper. Otherwise, it's going to be hell. Do you understand? So uh, you'll be able to see this poster, which is lovely. Anyway, if you watched the Tuesday between 6 and 7, you can still watch it on YouTube. Molly Heckerling. Um what do you call it, reveal, did a huge reveal where she said, well, you know, I ran into the guy that played Rat, Brian Backer, at a gay bar about a year or two ago, and uh, he did not seem happy to see me there, revealing that he's homosexual. Ooh, Gossip! Oh, my God. It was so exciting. I kept thinking of these two things when it was the reveal. It was the stupidest thing. Sydney. Merry Christmas. Hi, Hello, Sydney. Merry Christmas, AJ. And a Merry Christmas to you. Where you been? I got stuck on DuPont Circle. <laughs> I can never remember which lane I'm supposed to take. Then I got cut off by this idiot cab driver who starts screaming at me like it's my fault. Come on, Sydney, it's Christmas. Hiya, Sid. Did you get stuck on DuPont Circle again? <laughs> it's not funny. I hate that place. Can't you declare it a federal disaster area or something? I'll look into it. What were you doing up on the hill anyway? Oh, I had a terrible meeting today. 
I totally lost my cool with McSorley, McCluskey, and Shane. You went up to see the Motown 3? I pitched him the bill. On its marriage? The woman has no fear. She'd lobby the Carolinas for the American Lung Association. It was a disaster. Well, you're in good company. I sat with them a week ago, and they said there was nothing on the president's domestic agenda they were more committed to defeating than the crime bill. Well, congratulations, fellas. You're out of the cellar, because McSorley told me that the only thing on the president's domestic agenda that they were more committed to defeating than the crime bill was the fossil fuel package. You're kidding, are you? No, I'm not kidding. It's funny that he used the same words. <laughs> yeah, the pet boys don't know too many words. I'm gonna get a drink and shake this off. When I come back, I'll have some Christmas spirit. Okay. Are you okay? I'm fine, yeah. <laughs> come on, I'll leave the way. Thank you. Merry Christmas, Mr. President. Happy holidays, Bob. Did what I think just happened just happen? Did the GDC's political director just tell the president and the White House chief of staff that there are three votes on the crime bill that can be bought by sticking the fossil fuel package in a drawer? No. The GDC's political director didn't tell us anything. Sidney Wade told her boyfriend and her boyfriend's best friend that she had a lousy day. It doesn't change the facts, Mr. President. If Sidney gets her 24 votes and we're three votes shy, then there's some maneuvering to be done. I made a promise, A.G. You made a deal, Mr. I made president. it with Sidney. You made it with the GDC. Uh, it's all academic anyway. We're not going to need those three votes. Sir. If your approval rating continues to drop, things are going to get tight. Well, exciting stuff. Wait, did I just hear that? I mean, it really, for me, it was exactly like that. That's what, Did I just hear that you're saying the guy that played Rat and you caught him in a bar with other men, did I just hear what I just thought I'd know? You just heard a guest on your show saying that she saw a guy hanging out at a gay bar, which is kind of funny because, you know, certainly people have caught me there before. But yeah, I, <clears throat> And uh, also there was this scene from For Your Consideration, a little Eugene Levy action. These things all go off in my head when something like that happens. Isn't that ridiculous? Or isn't that why you love the podcast? See, this is the I kind of range don't we don't see anymore. Than no, actors, we don't really you think? don't. Absolutely not. Now, now, Victor, let me ask you something. Uh, because you are so distinguished as uh, as the wiener, do you feel that people are going to accept you in this role? Well, if they've seen my theatrical work mm -hmm. over the years, I think they'll. Well, oh, I have to wonderful. tell you, for, for for my money and how I feel about it. Um, uh, I think you're looking at an Academy Award nomination oh, also. Absolutely. This is the woman right here. Well, no, we, we know that, but yep. I, I'm telling you. I, I think you can, did, he, did he just say what I thought he said? What? Did he just say Oscar buzz that Victor? He thinks Victor's going to be Oscar buzz yes. around Victor? That's what he said. Oh, That's two, <laughs> two Oscar nominees. He did say Oscar <laughs> and Victor in the same breath, didn't he? Yes, he did. It's not just me. Okay, they just said that the little, guy. That the little guy, man. Said Victor, has to be he quiet. thinks Victor's going to be nominated as well. He just said it. Oscar buzz around I need Victor. Electric. You know what? Let's send a big, big gift basket long over letter. to Victor's place. Oh. So there was that scene, too, which, of course, nobody even knows of me. Did I just hear Victor and Oscar in the same buzz? Wait, did I just hear Rat from Fast Times and Gay in the same sentence? Did I just hear what I thought I just heard? I think I tried to play it down, but I think I think on the show I was just like, ooh, <laughs> well, ooh, how delightful. Mrs. Carmichael, please. Anyway, she was terrific, and I am in love with her in a good, healthy way. 
She was so nice. Now I know our whole family. And our whole fucking family. Now, you'll do what I tell you to do because it's in your best interest. I just saw that guy. Oh, I was watching Clifford this morning. Remember when we were playing clips of Clifford? Because Charles Croton had died, and I was laughing out loud. And this is Martin Short. He's just so amazing. Amazing. I was going to say unbelievable. Amazing. And um, the guy, from, the senator from Godfather 2 is the uh, Mary Steenburgen's father. God damn it. Why do you got to be such an asshole? I, mean, I, I don't know what the lines are, but he goes, well, you're marrying a dope and a half. He's always just playing that same guy. It's awesome. Now. I have to leave these proceedings, but I would like to say before I go that the Italian people are some of the finest people I've ever met. Now, that's what I should have done when I left that uh, the thing last night. You know, when you're hanging out with a bunch of Italians, you should always leave saying, but before I go, let me just say that the Italian people are some of the finest people I know. And I would hate for a few bad apples to tarnish that reputation. Now, I have to leave these proceedings. <laughs> Thank you. I am, now and forever, hilarious. So on Wednesday, I had my show. You know, my show at the Westside Comedy Club. So on Tuesday, she goes, well, I'm sorry. Wednesday morning, she goes, yeah, nobody's bought a ticket yet. I think I have to cancel the show. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's, that's not good. That's, that's not going to be good for anybody. But then she said, well, if it's any consolation, nobody's bought a ticket for Saturday's show either. And I'm like, boy, that's your club stinks. Jesus Christ. Maybe it's not my fault. Meanwhile, I had a friend a childhood friend coming and he said he was bringing 12 people. So I said, well, I know he's just bringing 12 people. I just told him to get tickets to the door. And then I knew my friend Lindsay was coming with her friends and I put them on the list and I knew that Avery and state or, you know, Avery's mom, Stacy was coming. The ones that are on the podcast this week with her friends. So I knew I had like 20 people coming. They just hadn't made any reservations. So that's what happened. And it was great. There were like 20 people there, 25 maybe. And it was still super fun. And everybody did great. And it's always a good time, you know? And then we went out, me and uh, the, 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 you know, the, the Avery's mom, Stacy. Stacy. No, I, right. I want Stacy to be, I want Avery to be named Stacy so I can say Stacy's mom. But uh, we went out after for a couple of drinks. Oh, and Stacy bought this friend. And she goes, Oh, you know, she's single. She's 44. She's single. And I'm like, Oh my God, she's really pretty too. And she goes, yeah, but uh, you're too old for her. And I'm like, what? Like, well, yeah, no, aren't you like in your 50s? I'm like, what? yes, but what? How? when did 44 become unacceptable? I was pretty pissed off about that. That actually ruined my day, but I let it go. We went out for a drink and we were with Olga and this the girl that, you know, I'd like to go out with, but I guess it's not going to happen. It's no big deal. She keeps moving Olga's glasses or the empty glasses away from Olga because she can see, like I always see, that sooner or later, Olga's going to spill. <laughs> so she moves them over towards me and I'm like, oh, I know exactly what you're doing. I've done this a hundred times. It always looks like she's going to spill, but she seems to always not spill. 
And then she always says, I'm not going to spill. And then uh, she spilled. It was classic. I was laughing so hard. But she spilled this poor woman's beer, not her own drink. She's just so, that's what she does. You know, you move it. And then she's like, why are you moving it? When a normal person would say, good idea. Because you know what happens? I always spill. Yeah. So it was pretty funny. But I love this woman because she, uh, when I thought, I think I'd already had two drinks and like a couple of pints of beer. And I was going to see if they wanted it. But I was like, ah, they're not going to want to have another drink. And then she just got up and got us some more drinks. But that day, it was uh, part of the baseball game. So let's just for a second talk about the Yankees. That was the best day of my life. Uh, the Yankees, it was that really made my night on Tuesday when they lost and it was embarrassing. And that guy, John Sterling, made the wrong call. I was listening to it on the radio at first and he's so stupid. I mean, I don't hate him or anything. You know, I just, and I tell you again, I don't care if you're a Yankee fan, but you got to understand where I'm coming from. Yankees fans are just absolutely awful. And if you listen to, you know, basically a Yankees radio station all day, because unfortunately I live in this town. You just realize how stupid they are. The Yankees are in contention for the playoffs every year. And I'm pretty sure any other franchise would sign up for that. Yeah, maybe you haven't won a World Series in a little bit, but neither is anyone else. And, you you know, and you just everybody's got to be fired if you don't make the World Series. But I mean, listen, it is the Yankees. I get it. It's just, it's so selfish because there's another team in this town that, you know, it's just really bad. So if you're not a Yankees fan, it's awful. But this is this idiot's call. It was awesome. The pitch to Stanton. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Out of the ballpark. A Stantonian home run. Now, what did, what did I do wrong? What did I see wrong? He's at first base. Yeah, it's the best. The It wasn't a home run. It was awesome. The guy totally messed it up because he's like 80. And the worst part is, it was the first time they'd ever been on the road. You know, like, that's why it's funny. He was actually there. Because the whole season, him and Susan Waldman, who's also terrific, uh, were doing the games. They didn't go on the road. They would just do it from Yankee Stadium because of COVID. So they finally go on the road for the first time of the season, and the guy somehow misses the call, or he doesn't know how how the wall, the green monster works at Fenway Park. How is that fucking possible? And he thinks it's a home run, and it's not. It's hilarious. But whatever the case may be, I got to tell you, those two games were very exciting. I don't usually like to talk about sports on the podcast anymore because I got my own you know sports thing they do all the time, but. You know, those two games, I mean, that's that's good television Two game seven. So then on Wednesday night, you know, I'm watching the Dodgers St. Louis. And the reason why I would be invested in a stupid, you know, who cares about the Cardinals? Who cares about, you know, they're playing Milwaukee? Who gives a shit? But the storyline was such that it made it intriguing. So I was completely curious because if you remember, if you've heard the the. Los Angeles Dodgers, who are the reigning World Series champs, even though I don't think it counts in 2020. I'll take out the Dodgers and the Lakers. Fuck them. Um, They won 106 games. It's a 162-game season, and they won 106 games. That is unbelievable. It's, it's, it's It's very rare 
when you win that many games in baseball. But unfortunately, in their division, the San Francisco Giants won 107. I mean, it's a, I don't know whether this has ever happened before. I think somebody pointed out on the show that it did. But that's like, you're so screwed that the, you win 106 games and you still got to play one more game to get into the actual playoffs. That sucks, but it's also awesome and intriguing. So I'm watching that game on, at the bar, and it's 1-1 when we walk in, maybe around the seventh inning. So it's tight, kind of the way you know Yankee Stadium had been during the Tampa Bay Rays, like very quiet, not like you know going crazy or anything. The, st- the stadium is just silent. And it's the eighth inning and the ninth inning. And I was glad because um, Stacy, the woman we were hanging out with, she was into it too. And she knew the whole backstory too. So it was cool. So we're watching. It's the bottom of the ninth. Two outs, two on. And we sat there and watched. Uh, it was fantastic. Watched the whole thing. There he is carrying the winning run in the ninth inning. Two balls and a strike to count on Taylor. Reyes fires, swing and a drive, deep left field, this is way back, walk him off, Chris Taylor! Man, that was like so exciting, I mean so exciting, they're like meeting at the plate obviously and pouring water all over, taking off his shirt. It, it was really exciting. I can't stand the Dodgers, but, I mean, that was great. And then, of course, they start playing that song from the Naked Gun, which it's hard to hate that, you know? It's, like, fucking awesome. <laughs> and they have it, like, ready to go. This guy probably had his finger on the button, like, ready to go. What if he does it? It was, that, that's a, damn, right? A game seven, auto, like an automatic game seven, and it goes to the bottom of the night. Two really great teams that totally deserve to go to the playoffs, but the Dodgers deserve it a little more. And then they lost last night by the Giants 4 nothing because they're probably coming off like major partying. Can you blame them? I love that kind of shit. It's very exciting. And uh, maybe you don't, but uh, I just, I do enjoy the drama sometimes. Anyway, the show, uh, the comedy show went pretty good, except for this one fucking asshole guy. I was telling you about that girl, Caitlin Palufa, right? And she cancels, as she always does. So then I, w- I want to get rid of her boyfriend. I don't want her stupid boyfriend on either. I mean, he's a great guy. But I'm just pissed. I'm like, take off your fucking boyfriend. You can't make it. I don't want him there either. So this guy calls me on Sunday, texts me. He goes, hey, can I get down on you earlier? And I'm like, oh, fuck you and your whole household, you piece of crap. I really don't like you. And I and I ugh, I don't want to hate him. I'm just so angry. And I'm like, you're right. The show starts at eight o'clock. You're on at eight thirty. How much sooner do you want to go, jerk off? He's like, well, I have another spot. I'm like, I don't care. Nobody else gives me shit on these shows except you and your stupid girlfriend. So this your fucking household gives me nonstop shit all the time. Everybody else never. I never hear anything on the day of the show or two days before the show. It just really pissed me off, the whole thing. And then, of course, he was late. And then Elon texted me the other day and said, hey, you better watch out. That guy, Steve Rogers, was hanging around this guy who just said he had COVID. I'm like, I swear to God, if I get COVID from this guy, I'm just going to punch him in the face. I'm going to punch him in the fucking face. I swear to God. Yeah, I'm sick of that guy. I, I dicked him over once, but now I'm just done. I'm done with that whole fucking. Well, I'd probably use that girl again because she's really good. and He's just okay. 
not good enough to put up with shit for. Really not good enough to put up with shit. Look how angry that made me. God damn it. So this morning when I woke up, you know, at five in the morning, I watched that show Ghosts I had told you about on the video podcast, you know, one I was looking forward to with that really pretty Rose, Mag- Rose MacGyver. And as it turns out, when I read in the paper today, 5.3 million turned in for the premiere. It's the highest watched show of the entire new season. So I guess everybody was like me, like, well, this looks interesting, but I'm watching it. And I'm like, if this show does well, I'll, uh, I, I don't know. I think I'll stop watching television because I'm watching the first half and I'm like, this is bloody awful. You know, like, oh my God. But then the second half, it's, it's a half hour show, but they aired two episodes. It, it got a little, it got better. It got better. It got to where we want it to be. I think I'm definitely going to give it another chance. It definitely got better. So now I'd be, so I'm just going to spoil it for you. I, I didn't, the premise is, you know, I told you they, her and her fiance, she's really pretty and she's married to this Indian guy, but he's, he's, he's kind of delightful too. Uh, but <laughs> look at me <laughs> now. Who's the gay one? Um, they move into this house that their aunt, uh, apparently died and left them in a will. And they're like, let's make it a B and B. And they go there, and all these ghosts are there, and they're always just around. And, you know, they're like, oh, no, these people are coming. They're going to make it a hotel. It's horrible because apparently when they walk through the ghosts, it's very painful. So there'll be like all these people we have to get out of the way of. So, you know, whatever. Anyway, she falls down the stairs, the lead rose, and then she's so she's in a coma. They just pass over it, but she was in a coma for two weeks. So because apparently she was near death, she can now see the ghosts so he can't see them she can only see them and talk to them and uh you know so it's like the sixth sense and it's kind of fun so far i guess we'll see what happens it's not at first it was awful but then it was okay remember i told you i was interested in it and then i was like oh my god i'm never watching this again i'm not even going to talk about it and then um it turned out to be good but it Got a lot of ratings, so I assume in this day and age on network TV, if you have that many people watching and that's the one people are watching, it's it'll, it'll be on. It's not going anywhere, which is weird. Um, oh, this is hilarious. And one of those things that is completely tragic and hilarious at the same time. You ready for this? This happened last week. A small plane carrying a will you marry me banner crashed in Montreal killing a passenger and injuring the pilot i don't know why that's funny but we th- they think the passenger was the guy who was asking the girl to marry him <laughs> i don't know i know it's not funny but it, <laughs> it seems like a simpsons episode of family guy <laughs> will you marry me and then the plane crashes it's i don't know why it's funny where was it i don't know um Owner, the pilot has been identified. I mean, I feel bad for the pilot, but he's obviously an idiot. And, oh, I guess it's in Canada. Oh, in Montreal. It says crashed in Montreal. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know why that's, but you're, you're, you're putting a, you're a, a will you marry me better than the plane crashes? I don't know why that is funny to me. It shouldn't be, but it is. And so get this. I buy this magazine. I see a magazine at Barnes and Noble and it's called retro fan. And I buy it. Cause I'm like, this looks amazing. And I don't want to buy it. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm not old enough to buy something. You know, of course I am. 
But the cover is, well, see, the cover has something from Leave it to Beaver. I don't care. That's before my time. But then it has the Marvel superheroes, t- superheroes TV cartoons of 1966, which I was a fan of. You know, I guess I saw them after that in the 70s. And then it's got a picture of, there's an interview with Michael York from Logan's Run. And then on the left, it's a scathing interview um, with, or a scathing article on H.R. Puffin stuff. So I was like, I will pay any amount of money for this magazine. It's a mag of fucking zine. It's not an online thing. It's a magazine where they're baiting me to buy it by putting a picture, a new scathing article. <laughs> That's funny to say that. Of HR Puffin stuff. And then it's something on Drive-In Theaters. And there's like 20 pages of Wolfman Jack that I couldn't care less about. But the Logan's Run article was really good <laughs> and the hr puffin stuff one was really good then there's also one about tanya roberts <laughs> i mean it, i was like wait a minute these guys have to advertise on this show and then i was looking as they they have advertised i'm like wait a minute their prices are so cheap i think i'm gonna advertise in their magazine it's like two hundred dollars and i could get like watch listen to the night fly on Acast. you know i mean it's kind of worth it. I don't know. I'm, I'm thumbing through it now. And it's besides the article on the stuff I don't care about, like the Leave it to Beaver Lady, because, you know, I didn't, that show sucked. I didn't, I hated it as a kid and I hate it now. But they were talking about the hot school teacher that he used to have, which, of course, I didn't know. But, it, you know, it's kind of interesting, her career and stuff, but I just didn't care. Uh, but the Marvel, how the Marvel cartoons were made was great. And, of course, there's a bunch of stuff about H.R. Puffin stuff and how it all started, which I'm completely fascinated with. So it's really funny. It's just called Retro Fan and issue number 16. It's just funny. It, it says September 2021, but it might as well say September 1976 and then say Dynamite on the cover. And uh, I would buy it anyway. But, you know, I like saying just like that uh, scene from Manhattan. Oh, I just read the, uh, was it that, uh, that, really devastating a satirical piece on the Holocaust. Uh, or did you read that, that satirical piece on the Nazi um, parade they're having? It's like, no, I think we go down with bricks and baseball. So I'll play it. What are you doing here? Congratulations on your book. I thought it was terrific. Awesome. Absolutely terrific. Thanks. Thanks. Nice to see you. Listen, good people, I'd like you to meet my friend Isaac Davis. Hi, how do you do? Hi, Isaac Hello, Davis. Isaac. Hi. Hi, what are you doing here? Well, I'm here. Of course I'm here. What a funny coincidence. Excuse me, I see David. We met before. We know one another. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I heard you quit your job. Yeah, real self-destructive impulse. You know, I want to write a book, so I saw Has anybody read that Nazis are going to march in New Jersey, you know? I read this in the newspaper. We should go down there, get some guys together, you know, get some bricks and baseball bats and really explain things to them. There is this devastating satirical piece on that on the op-ed page of the Times. It is devastating. Well, the satirical piece in the Times is one thing, but bricks and baseball bats really gets right to the point. Oh, but really, biting satire is always better than physical force. Think about no, that. physical force is always better with Nazis. Oh, than, right. Because it's hard to satirize a guy with shiny boots. Well, you get emotional, I know, but... Excuse me, we were talking about orgasms. Oh, no, please. Oh, really? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to... Give me a break, because well, we I'm, no, I'm from Philadelphia. We never talk about things like that in public. <laughs> you said that the other day. I know. Oh, I didn't know what the hell it meant then, either. I'm just about to direct a film uh-huh. uh, of my own script, and um, 
The premise is this guy screws so great. Screws so great? Screws so great that when he brings a woman to orgasm, she's so fulfilled that she dies. Right now, this one, excuse me, finds this, this hostile. Hostile? God, it's worse than hostile. It's aggressive homicidal. You, you, you have to forgive now. Dennis. He's Harvard direct Beverly Hills. It's, uh, it's Theodore Reich with the touch of Charles Manson. Yeah. I, I, uh, I finally had an orgasm, and my doctor told me it was the wrong kind. Did you have the wrong kind? Really? I've never had the wrong kind, ever, ever. My worst one was right was on the money. But, yeah, that's why I was thinking... Um, this scathing article on H.R. Puff and stuff, they really go into the entire Jack Wilde, witchy poo uh, problem that they had working on the set together. I'm kidding. It, they, I don't think there were any issues, but yeah, I wish I had new stuff to tell you, but I don't. I mean, there's not, nobody cares. Yeah, I mean, we do care, but we also don't care. But they, the weird part is they just say it was a big rating success, and yet they only made, you know, what, 13 episodes or maybe a little more? I mean, I still don't get it. And... The fact of the matter is, if I ever got the chance, I'd still make more. I would make a show like that a hundred times over, and I actually don't know why they don't continue to make shows like that, at least for kids. You just put it on, I don't know, Nickelodeon or something. I mean, there just should be shows like that. What's the big goddamn deal? I love puppets, and that's the other thing about Molly Heckerling. She likes puppets, too, and that really makes me happy. I love her. By the way, I went after we uh, finished uh, taping on Friday, I went to Unidentified Flying Chicken and went crazy eating. Oh, drumsticks. Beautiful big drumsticks of Korean barbecue wings. Ooh. You get the soy garlic or the hot. It was really good. And then I went upstairs. You know, my friend's trying to build a speakeasy up there. So he was doing stuff. And I was talking to the owner, who I really like. But I was just, uh, I guess we asked him if something, something must have come up. I said, wait, are you not vaccinated? And he goes, well, I am and I'm not. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? And he goes, well, you know, I went there to get it and I signed up. And then they ask you, you know, do you really want this shot? And I said, no. So they threw it out. And I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying. And, you know, I... You know, I don't know how to feel about vaccinations or whatever, and I I don't know whether I can... I guess I can understand why people... I can understand, of course, why people don't want to be forced to do anything, even if it does help your fellow man. But you got to own up to it. If you're not vaccinated and you have to lie to me or give me this cock and bull story, you just say, no, I'm not vaccinated, I don't believe in it, that I can respect. But if you're going to be like, well, I am and I'm not, or if you're going to be like Sheba Mason, who's lying about everything, I don't like the lying. Either you are or you aren't. It doesn't, I mean, it does affect me, but I mean, I'm just saying, own up to it. You want to be unvaccinated? Just say, yeah, I don't believe it. And I'm like, I can choose whether to hang out with you or not. Uh, you know, so <laughs> what is that? Y- yes and no. Yes and no? What do you mean? You got the first shot, you didn't get the second? Well... I mean, come on, man. You know, what is that? What is that? That doesn't make any sense. Just either do it or don't. But choose a side. Oh, and then on Thursday. Oh, so Thursday, I went to go see Rhoda, my mother. And Beth came. Yeah. You know, we hadn't been speaking. And we had a really nice time. Thank God. And she didn't get too angry at me this time. 
But I went to uh, look for you know a storage place again. I stopped before I go. I keep going to these storage places. I'm just trying to look for something under a hundred bucks, you know. And I met this girl who worked at this place in Metuchen, New Jersey, and her name is Espinoza. And I'm like, ooh, Espinoza, that's a fun name to say. I was completely doing uh, Will Ferrell and Elf. Ooh, Francisco, that's a fun name to say. <laughs> I said, have you ever seen Elf? And she goes, yes. I'm like, well, your name's like that Francisco guy. Espinoza, that's a fun name to say. <laughs> oh, I thought that was fun. But yeah, I really want to, uh, I guess I got to get a storage place. It's happening. My mother's definitely moving. She's moving. So I got to store a bunch of stuff, I guess. I guess. I don't know. I'm Like I said, I probably could put it in my house. but And, you know, who has an extra 100 bucks a month to spend? But I, I don't think I have a choice. I mean, I live in an apartment in New York City. I can't, you know, it's not like I live in a house where I have a place where I can put stuff. But meanwhile, Beth is there and she's like, oh, do you want this? She, yeah, I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this. Like, I never get a thing. If she wants it, it's taken and I can't even talk about it because there's... You know, those FBI pictures of my grandfather I would like. And she's like, no, I'm taking it. Okay. And I told my mom, I said, you know, you know, I was worried about this. I knew some, I knew this was going to happen one day. I was very afraid when you died that Beth was just going to kind of take over and I was never going to have a say. And it's like kind of almost happening. It's really scary. But again... On Thursday, because she came and, you know, seemed to be, I don't know, excited to see me. It really felt like Godfather 2 shit. I could picture the music playing in my head, you know, when I hugged her. But then, you know, she's staring at Al Neary. <laughs> I really, I really am Fredo. But it was a nice day, I guess. Oh, and then we went over to her next door neighbors who just got a little kitten and a little kitten came up on my head and he was like playing with me and purring and licking my head and licking my ear and pulling up my hair. We have a video of it. The cat loves me because I think the cat knows I like cats. And the cat was all over me. They're like, wow, look at her. She loves you. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. I probably should get another kitten. They really are terrific. And I'm like, no. No, I can't go through the ending again. Even though it'll be years and years from now. I guess I could. I just don't, you know, it's easy to leave the house and not think about her. You know, I was with Stacy last night. She's just worried about her three dogs all the time. She's looking at, you know, when she's out and she's like, oh, let me check up on them. She's looking at her camera, you know, with the phone. You know, that's definitely the way I was. There is a freedom for not having one. But boy, was that kind of cutie pie. So I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Oh, speaking of when I was talking about just the... um the ghosts having the 5.3 million Grey's anatomy had an all time low, you know, from last year when it, with the season premiere, because it's fucking season 17 and nobody knows that show's still on who gives a crap about Grey's anatomy anymore. And they're like, yeah, we can't figure it out. We don't know why our ratings are so low season 17. Are you kidding? How many of you people knew that was still on the air, right? Ugh. But how could this have happened? Isn't that funny? And there's people in that position where they're just asking questions and you're just sitting there like, look, I don't know anything about television, but you guys are dumb. Yeah. Your ratings are suck because you're season 17. It's over. 
I mean, I love The Simpsons, but come on. 33 years. I watched the first two episodes this season. I'm like, eh, let's see what's going on. First episode wasn't too bad. Second episode was awful. 33 years. It, 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 should, it should be off the air. <laughs> it's time. That is just some messed up shit. Nothing has to go on that long. That's why, I mean, with the Big Bang Theory, would I have liked it to continue? Yes, but, eh, you know, 12 years is, is plenty. That's a lot for anything. And believe me, you know, with my attitude at this point, if I got a show like that, I'd probably stay with it all 17 seasons. Why would I leave? You know, unless I was like retiring because of old age. Otherwise, why would I leave? Where am I going? Oh, you know, I'd love to be the new James Bond, but I got to do the 18th season of Grey's Anatomy. You know. I was talking to my friend Lawrence and we're like, you know, we should probably see the new Bond because we've seen every other Daniel Craig one together, let alone... Every Timothy Dalton one. The, I think we missed the Pierce Bronson ones because we just didn't care. So we got to kind of finish the Quintilogy? Is that five? But we're both afraid to go to the movie theater. And I guess you just got to get the monkey off your back, you know? Just go. He's like, no, we'll go to like 11 a.m. You know, like on a weekday and a month from now. And I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. I guess that'd be Okay. But then that's the other thing. You know, Dave Bryan's coming out with Diana. Oh, the reviews were awful so far. I still don't even know how. Like, maybe they reviewed the Netflix special. They said it's awful. But, you know, I want to I go. It's about a Broadway musical about Princess Diana. I just want to go. I want to support. I'm going to go either way, no matter what it is. But then I'm like, wait, am I ready to go to a Broadway theater? I mean, I'm not really afraid of catching COVID, or am I? I don't know. You know, I guess when you're in the moment, you're thinking it. Sitting in a big theater like that i don't know i mean i guess i'm in comedy clubs but they're not they're well when we were in boston it was kind of full i don't know there's something about maybe sitting in the audience than there is about being on stage which seems different so i don't know but i guess i gotta get that meanwhile beth has been to like every show so far i feel like she's almost doing it on purpose i just go around like there's no covid and everybody can go screw themselves she's been going to so many broadway stuff she also showed me this unbelievable thing of Ben Platt and his brothers singing this Jewish song. It's amazing. It's really good. You know, Ben Platt from Jeremy Hansen, which she also saw the movie because she goes to the movie theaters too. She doesn't give a crap. I really want to see that movie, but I ain't going to the movie theater yet. I'm not ready. But James Bond would be the one I'd go to see. Well, I think we've had enough for today. I don't know why. I'm just like kind of dragging because I don't feel like leaving and I just feel like talking, but... I'm pretty sure I ran out of topics. I, I think I covered everything I needed to cover today, right? We talked about the show. We talked about everything. Listen, this Thursday, this coming out the 12th, this Thursday the 14th, I will also be hosting, uh, which is not my produced show, but I will be hosting uh, the comedy show at the West Side Comedy Club once again, Thursday night, October 14th, if you are in town. Otherwise... Please watch my Tuesday night Comedy Cellar football show. This week I have my friend Keanu on at 6 o'clock. And then the great Greg Fitzsimmons on after that. And then the week after we're bringing Colin Smith back. And he's going to play with his friend Nick who's actually even more talented than Colin. And I'm only saying that because Colin says this. So, Wow. So that'll be fun. Play a, a couple of tunes old school like the way we used to do before football season started and I got obsessed. 
But I still love doing that show, two hours, and when it turns out good, it makes me happy, and when it's bad, it really messes me up in my head. But we're hoping for a lot of good stuff. Also, the week after that, the last week will be Wayne Fetterman and Wendy Liebman, our friend who we love so much. And clearly, I think we're going to have to have Molly Heckling on this podcast and talk to her some more about that because we need a definitely more in-depth interview with her because we really want some stuff. But for now, go look at the first hour of last week on YouTube and enjoy the the greatness of... uh, You can see I didn't do any of my usual stuff because the interview was fantastic. And you can see, you know, for our benefit, the Nightfly show, wow. It was, uh, I was really happy with it, let alone Alex Hogan talking about Family Guy and all that kind of stuff. It's great to pass through the football selections. And that's that. But other than that, I hope everybody has a wonderful week. We're still in this beautiful time of the year where it is a lovely fall time, Rocktober. So let's not rush anything, but I hope everybody has a great week best time of the year and we'll see you all next week on the Nightfly podcast good night everybody it's fine by me if you never leave